What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love. Today, we will be traveling to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe as part of our Marvel Movie Marathon, where we watch every single theatrically released Marvel film. But I'm not on this journey alone. Today, joining me, as always, are my dedicated co-hosts, the gentlemen who helped make this show possible. First off, we have Ethan Wetzloff. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited to talk about Spider-Man, and, and you guys know what time it is. It's pizza time. Let's go. Pizza it's time. time. Oh. Very nice. Very nice. Micah Hat. We also have Micah Hat. How are you doing today, sir? Man, you know, punch me. I bleed. I am ready to talk about this. I'm feeling like a man today. A yes. spider man. Ooh, nice. Gentlemen, you guys always come up with some great intros. For whenever I introduce you guys, I, I really appreciate stole my it. first one, so I had, oh, I I had to quick think of a second one. <laughs> that was really good on the spot thinking. Thank you, thank you. Very nice. Very. So I just want to say before the outset that this is a movie that Ethan and I have talked about extensively leading up to No Way Home. I mean. I mean, you got to talk about the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time before you go into perhaps one of the most greatest Spider-Man movies of all time. But we've never talked about it. <clears throat> we've never talked about it with Micah, and we've never talked about it in depth. So I, we're not really out here to, you know, break new ground because this movie has been talked to death on the internet. To death. We are here to bring you our review. Two guys who grew up with this movie, and me who looks at it as someone who just came into it last summer. So just from a fan appreciation standpoint, that's where we're coming from. What this movie and this character means to us. But before we get into it, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, where clips of this podcast go up every week, along with many other cool videos. But if you want early access to these podcasts for our Marvel Movie Marathon, they're always up on Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, a review on any of those sites would be greatly appreciated. But what do you say, gentlemen? Let's open our sling ring and head over to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Gives us strength, makes us noble. Even though sometimes we have to give up the thing we want the most. No matter what I do, do you love me or not? No matter how hard I try, I want Spider-Man dead. It's the ones I love who will always be the ones who pay. I can't keep thinking about you. I'm getting married. I want a life of my own. I'm Spider-Man. No more. Spider-Man 2, guys, I gotta tell you, the first time for Spider-Man 1, I had a lot of critiques with the dialogue. I had many critiques with the acting. I can safely say that I have not a lot of those concerns with Spider-Man 2. This movie 2. improves on every single aspect that yep. Spider-Man 1 got right. Pretty much all of my criticisms for Spider-Man 1 are made way better. I mean, he still has some weird faces in this movie. I'd say, yeah. Overall, over, and one line, I, I highlighted one line. But other than that, it is, it really is one of the, like, one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. But let's get into it, gentlemen. I want to hear your initial thoughts and kind of where you're coming from, from Spider-Man 2, because unlike Punisher, unlike Hulk, unlike these other movies where we're kind of just coming to them for a first time, 
like Spider-Man 1, we've seen this movie. I've seen it twice. Ethan's seen it how many times? Micah, I, I, you've probably seen 30 it bajillion 30 times. bajillion this times. This is the one that I said that we couldn't play the disc anymore because we would take it out so many times to bring it inside to play it on the PS2, bring it into the car to play it on the car TVs, and back and forth, back and forth. So th this is probably the movie I've seen the most times in my life. And let's get it. Micah, we'll start with you. Initial thoughts on your rewatch of Spider-Man 2. Well, um, as I said in the last Spider-Man episode, uh, I said that I know this movie like the back of my hand, that I know all the plot points, all the things that they say and everything like that. I do not. I do not know this movie as well as I thought I did. Mm. And for in, in the best way possible, I'll say. Um, there were scenes in this movie where I was like, wow, I did not think that this was as good as it was. <laughs> I, I was pleasantly surprised at how uh, amazing they've... Improve, how much they've improved on the first movie with the sequel and it truly is one of the greatest sequels I've ever seen Did you boys watch spider-man the extended cut or as it's dubbed spider-man 2.1? I have seen both Yes, so I, I, I reviewed the I watched the normal version last night okay. on my 4k blu-ray because that was the one I had and I have the 2.1 on regular blu-ray Okay, uh, but I watched the the theatrical cut I reviewed what extended cuts there were uh, this morning before I, I showed up. So Was this your first time watching Spider-Man 2 in 4K? Yes. Was it epic? How was that, man? Uh, well, you can really see the CGI pop through a little bit more. Oh, really? But um, the scene at the end where Doc Ock is falling into the river, that's all CGI. Hmm. That is entirely CGI. Oh, his, wow. his entire character, that is uh, the SFX budget or people, they said that that was their best um, high-quality human that they've ever had. Because that was a super close-up, and uh, then it yeah. falls away. I didn't know that was CGI until just now when I read it. I did not know that either. I was so, unaware. It is crazy just watching these movies evolve before our eyes, because we saw Blade 2. We we know they didn't have CGI <laughs> bodies now. Oh, yeah. And just seeing this Doc Ock end scene, they got that so good. You, yeah. you can't even tell it's CGI. Well, yeah. in 4K, you can. Uh, but, you know, back then, you're watching this on VHS even, so it wasn't... <laughs> or in your car. It's yeah, like, or in my car on a, on a little 7-inch display. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like the Star Wars movies. You go back and watch those old ones, and the more they upscale it, the more mm. you can tell, like, especially with the Tauntauns and the Adats, like... The mechanicalness of it all really shines yeah. through. I was paying attention to the to the arms because I know that some of those were a lot of it was practical effects for those arms. Oh um, yeah. So yeah. they had the puppets with the that Doc Ock arms, and you can tell when they're not. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell when they're practical or non-practical. So they did a nice job. Very nice, Ethan. I want to hear your initial thoughts of Spider-Man Two. Yeah, so just like Micah, I also had a, a DVD copy of Spider-Man Two in our minivan. So I took like the minivan movie. <laughs> it's the minivan movie. Yeah, I I think we got it at a garage sale. So yes, I'm very familiar with this movie and like everything Micah said. This I did watch the extended cut. I watched 2.1, so I got the the beautiful J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man <laughs> ah, yes. scene. And you got the beautiful elevator scene that yes. is peak over the, the original. <laughs> and the mop closet when he yep. leaves a mop closet, it's and extended. <laughs> goes on for <laughs> a comedic amount of time. It's, it's funny, and then it's not funny, and then it's funny again. <laughs> That's how long it is. But yeah, this this movie, it it's great. It it's the first of its class. We've been watching all these movies. Yeah. 
and we I can say just straight up front, this is the best one we've watched so far. Absolutely. And really without the, a doubt. The biggest risk so far. It it mm. takes the superhero genre and they go full character with it. Mm. They go full character with it. And I, I love every aspect of that. Yeah. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground by saying that this is the everyman's superhero film. You'd, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a superhero film where I relate to the main character more than this one. I'm not breaking new ground saying that. But it's every time you watch it, it's the same every time. And that is what hit me the most watching this for a third time. You feel so bad for this guy. I mean, let's get that right out of the way. He has the worst party of his life. Everything in his life is so just the worst thing you could possibly imagine. And it's a great movie to watch when you are feeling down, when life is getting you down, because there's a lot of in this movie that is talked about. And I also want to highlight, and we'll talk about it, but the advice in this movie is some of the best advice about general life, mm -hmm. just practical advice that you can give. I've, I've written down three quotes here, and I'll pinpoint them as we go along, but the wisdom that is dropped by the extended cut there's an extended cut between Mary Jane and her friend and her friend speaking to her about love and what it should be is so great for uh, a viewer to take in and Otto Octavius also has some great things to say about intelligence and love right then and there and I want to highlight those later but the advice is great you feel bad for Peter in this movie the villain everything about this movie mm. is peak superhero story and it i mean you can tell the opening crawl is my favorite out of the three of sam raimi's trilogy just because you have the theme in the background and all the illustrations the whole thing but yeah the illustrations artwork by alec Ro alex ross Co famous comic good. book creator yeah. yes and but it it is told the opening crawl is the most interesting thing because it recaps everything that happened in number one, in the coolest amount of drawings and everything like that. It's part of a shattered web. I mean, it is it is so great. I mean, that that opening scene was amazing. And then you got an Elfman score going yep. over it, of course. Can't beat that. That's the thing. I think of all three of them, well, he only does two, unfortunately. But of the two, I think this is better. Just mm. because I like Ox theme better than Goblin's theme, in my opinion. I did feel at some points um, that they played the theme too much. Did you ever feel that? Mm. Um, there were a few up. scenes, yes. It, it, it pulled in. up like four or five times where it would do the... I mean, it's a beautiful theme, of course, but um, over the course of two-hour movie... So you're saying that this is a, a Wonder Woman Snyder Cut situation? No. Uh, every time she's on scene. <laughs> like, I, I'm not kidding you. I don't I, think I, there's a scene that she's in in that movie where her, her like, that choral orchestral like doesn't the lady just doesn't start saying like in the background or whatever like well, i was thinking more <laughs> more of the batman oh that's they, true too they play the same uh dun, 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 dun. and it's an epic theme yeah but uh they they do it better in the batman where they do variations of it mm. but in spider-man 2 it's the same cut yeah over and over again in multiple spots and yeah it's just a little nitpicky thing i'm fine with it yeah i'm fine with it playing that many times it's just what else am I going to complain about with the movie? I love it so much. <laughs> yes. So I, I narrowed it down to just a couple things that I didn't like about this yeah, movie. Do we want to talk? Yeah. Let's just get the complaints out of the way first because mm. I, I have very few of them. Would you like to start, Micah? So my first one is my least of complaints. Okay. So it's 
the there were some parts of dialogue that I didn't like, mm-hmm. and um, then it ended up being my favorite part of the the whole movie. So oh. throughout the movie. Uh, people do things for Peter. People give him advice. People uh, ask him to go places. People, all these things. And what he responds with, he responds with, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I think he says it four or five times yeah. throughout the movie. He says, okay. And then at the end, when um, MJ asks Peter in the, in the apartment, he says, thank you. He says, thank you. And that's that was I, I thought that was the finale of the character arc. So I thought that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm. Just just little things instead of okay instead of the whole time. It's, okay, it's a thank you. Yeah. yeah, he finally recognizes that the people around him are doing things for him. That he just needs to acknowledge that. Mm. Yeah, because a, a big part of this is that self confidence, that uh, yeah. self justification, I guess. Um, so, yeah. I uh, I have one one thing to critique about Tobey Maguire and it's his face mm-hmm. during the when the train sequence the very famous beautiful action sequence oh, yeah. but when he's sitting there it looks like he's constipated we I mean we all know the face how it would just, you well, call them back on yeah that's what I was going to say hey, listen absolutely it just <laughs> it's uh, it's a hilarious sequence it's not even really a complaint it's just it's something that takes you out of it and it's also the same thing when Mary Jane has the the wall on, oh, on top of her and you said <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. That's that bad. I laughed out loud. That was the one yeah. uh, delivery of Tobin yeah. Bryant. Just visually and sound-wise, it is hilarious. <laughs> I thought you guys yeah. were going to say the um, the scene where um, M.A. is talking to Peter, where she's like, now it's not much, but it's you need it more than I oh, do, things like that. And listen. then they're talking about Uncle Ben and... Toby's just kind of standing there, blank face, but you can see the tears welling up. Yeah, that that scene is beautiful. I wasn't sure if if there's one thing to say negative about that scene, it's that he doesn't have any emotion except for the tears. And I, I don't know, he could have been better with that. Well, I kind of took it more of as a like a he has a secret, trying to be strong about it. He yeah. has to be strong about it, and he doesn't want to tell her. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to tell her that yeah, he's oh, the that one scene who's was responsible. So that scene was so and good. a brilliant acting by uh, the actress who played uh, Aunt May. Rosemary Harris. Rosemary Harris. Harris. That scene is like legitimately top five. We're talking about complaints, but that scene is so, so good. Her acting there is so good, and she like snaps at him. Now you take this money. I know it's not much, but I, I want to give this to you, and she can't even pay for her house. It's heartbreaking there. I don't know if there is a more meaningful $20 given in any film. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, when she hands him the money, just visually, and you see it in her face, Yeah, she wants him to have it. And she, she, she can't afford to give him that. Right. And we're not even talking about how much $20 was back then, but even $20 now. That It's just such a powerful scene, and I love seeing Toby's reaction and Rosemary's just yeah, playing. So I don't know. I think a better exchange of $20 was uh, just a couple minutes later when he said, well, I got. I only got this 20 to last me for the rest of the week. And <laughs> Mr. Dickovich. <laughs> Freaking Dickovich, man. You're right. You win, Mike. Oh, that's much better. Much better scene. Rent? But um, yeah, my, yeah, my complaint, yeah. if we're still on complaints, yes. this viewing, I have disliked the MJ character more than I mm. ever have before. I'm glad you're talking about this because this is one of my... That's never been like something so obvious until this viewing. Yep. I really, really do not like MJ in this film, and it bugs me so much. Just 
I don't even know if she loves Peter. Does she like, love if him? If she loved him as much as he loved her, then why doesn't she make a move? Like at this point, she already knows that uh, Peter is way too, you know, shelled. And off. yeah, it doesn't help when she upside down kisses uh, John Jameson, yeah. and she's reminded of Spider Man. And then at the end of the movie, she gets together with Peter after knowing he's Spider-Man. It's like, does she love Peter or right. does she love that Peter is Spider-Man? Mm. And that's a that's Yeah, a we big talked problem. about that a little bit in the first episode where um, does MJ only like Spider or Peter for Spider-Man? And I I think this movie they make it a bit a bit better. I, I would disagree with Ethan. I think that MJ is a bit better in this movie compared to the first movie for sure. Um but I don't know. It, it's just a little bit. I would agree with Ethan on this one because uh, of a note I have here. In all caps, I feel bad for John Jameson. Mm. This is a critique. If you're going to have the, the bride ditch the groom, make the groom an unlikable character. John Jameson is literally just this man who is there and he's a nice guy. He plays he's football on the moon. Come <laughs> on. And, and like... Spider-Man lowers her down. He comes up. He's like, "Oh, I'm so like I." You can see that he's worried about her, and it, it like he, yeah. All and they, he they've wants, been hinting it. They they were like uh, when they do the upside down kiss where he's on the couch. He's like, "Wow, I'm back on the moon. Yeah, are you up there with me? Yes." And she doesn't say anything. And it's like this guy's just a a, a guy, and you're using him because you're confused on whether you like this other guy. And so she two times Peter Parker. Who maybe she's just in for Spider Man, and she also two times. I think she has. John what I was saying is she has better character, um, character writing mm -hmm. in this. Not that you're supposed to yeah. like her, but I think that she's more fleshed out in this movie. Whereas the first one, she's just this damsel in distress. But I think she falls into that role at the end of this movie as well. She falls into a that little damsel bit. in distress. It's a lot less of the movie though. That is true. She. It's a lot less. In the first movie, she's taken a couple times. <laughs> I just. I can't. There was one critique, my one major deal, the other ones are minor. Like, they, I could take it or leave it. I don't yeah. let it bog down the movie, my love for this. But the MJ character really does bog down this movie. And it's my only legitimate critique because I'm just annoyed with her. Mm. And you shouldn't be annoyed with the love interest. With, with a Spider-Man love interest, I feel as if you should always be rooting for them to get together. I'm not rooting for Kirsten Dunst to get together with Tobey Maguire because she's so annoying. I much prefer the relationship between Andrew and Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man because of Gwen Stacy and how relatable that they are because you can tell that there's genuine chemistry. In this, you can't, is she in love with Spider-Man like Ethan said? Is she only with him for that? That's my critique, man. I, I just don't I, like I like that. the scenes where uh, we did get to see why Mary Jane isn't going to Peter right away. He, uh, she, she wants a responsible person. Mm. At the beginning of the movie, she realizes that Peter is not a responsible person. Uh, the, the taking out the garbage scene uh, really showed that where they're in the backyard and they're, they're, she's waiting for Peter to say something. She's like, do you have anything to say? And he says, I was wondering if you're still in the village. Mm. And she's like, oh, just disappointed. And I, I would see that. Why would why would MJ want to go for Peter if Peter's not going, you know, not making an effort, yeah. not doing all that stuff. And that's what this whole movie's about is why would people around him like him if he's not helping them out? Why would Dr. Connors appreciate him in his class if he's smart, but not using that smartness? Why would MJ like him? Why would 
uh, Harry appreciate him as a friend if he's not there for him. Mm. You know, all these things. And that I think that's the whole part of the movie is all of the characters changing with Peter. As Peter changes, the whole city of New York changes with him. The city relies on Peter because when Spider-Man is gone and it's in the newspaper, he's gone. Crime goes up 79%. 75%. Mm, 75%. 75%. So really... Like, Spider-Man is the backbone of this whole... Peter Parker is the whole backbone of the whole city. That's a really, really good point, Micah. I still don't like her character, but I really like what you just said yeah. there. That was so, good stuff. I point to um, when uh, Peter doesn't have his parter, uh, powers, and he's walking after he just watched the play. They're walking down the street, and he's like, Hey, uh, you want to go get Chow Mein? And he's... He's, yeah, he thinks that he finally got to this point where he'd be appreciated by MJ. But MJ's like, no, you, you weren't like this just a couple... In her head, she's like, no, you weren't like this a couple minutes ago. Why are you like this now? <laughs> and it, it confuses her more. And I think you can't blame MJ too much because she did just land this dude that's super successful. Why would he, she go for this dude who can't afford his bills? <laughs> Yeah, but that whole scene... I'll and yeah, highlight. love is love, but it's... Yeah, I'll highlight the scene at the party when she's talking to him. Mm -hmm. And she says, you're nothing but an empty seat to me. Oh, empty seat, yeah. And then five minutes later, she goes and gets engaged. It just doesn't sit right. The whole... That, that said, scene didn't sit right. John yeah. Jameson. I yeah. do feel so bad for him. I, <laughs> he genuinely feels for MJ. And she's just this... this you can feel the conflict in her. Yeah. You can feel like... Yeah, she, she accepted the proposal, but I think it was just to run away from her problems more. And that's what she's that's the theme of MJ is mm -hmm. running away from her problems, that's not facing them and just bearing them and not having to worry about them anymore. But it keeps biting her again. Um, so it, it's just a yeah. I, I, I kinda like what they did. I, I no, I'll go with it. I like what they did with MJ. Okay. I like yeah, how right. how we, we got to see more of this conflict with MJ. I like how um, she's confused even more than Peter is. Mm. And she's just trying to go for whatever guy she can get with. <laughs> so she's desperate. She's desperate for Peter, wants Peter to be this person that she's going for. Yeah. All right. That is a, well, a bit tragic. An but, excellent defense. But there's no defense. defense for why she doesn't call it off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Why she doesn't call the wedding off. That's yeah. never since right. Didn't and then like the that. shot of her running through Central Park, giddy as ever. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just played. That was nothing. a stupid decision. It played, yeah. It's played as this, like, oh my gosh, yes, finally, they're going to get together. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, poor John Jameson. He's sitting up there. You know, listen, man, I'm getting married in two and a half months. If that happens, I just, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Sam I'm, runs across Central Park to go see Peter Parker. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I would feel horrible. So my heart reaches out to this guy, and I'm like, how can I feel good about this yeah. when this there's this dude who's sitting there? I mean, it's kind of played nice, comedic for J. Jonah Jameson. He's like, don't open the caviar. Like, you no, kind of start to so feel funny. a little bit like, like, uh, like a levity there, like, but call the catering company. It's, it's still you're left with with this. Uh, I don't feel right about this, and it's the ending of the movie, and it's like, uh, I wish I didn't feel this way. Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, they could have pulled a, a Doctor Strange where um, it is a bittersweet. I, I think that's that's what he did in Doctor Strange. Maybe hmm. with uh, Multiverse of Madness, he did that other like if the girl stuck with. 
the guy because we see that wedding and we see how you know it's kind of the same story in Multiverse Madness, isn't it? Where he's trying to be himself a bit different, but he's trying to be the man with the knife. Mm. Spider-Man is trying to be the man with the knife and the pizza box and the bike and the books and everything. He's trying to juggle all these things at the same time, but he can't. And yeah. he loses his webs. <laughs> so as far as critiques go, that's my main thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I only have good things to say about this movie. Do you guys have any other critiques you'd like to point out? No, that the MJ thing was yeah. is the real thing that really bogs this movie down for me. Yeah. But everything else, like the Sam Raimi-isms and... I, I laughed significantly more times this viewing yep. than I have before. I, and I, I did too. I loved it every oh, second. Man, I would have laughed so hard at that elevator scene if I watched it again. I love the elevator. All right, if you guys don't know the elevator scene uh, in the extended edition, um, it's... Oh, you guys saw it. You, you, you guys... You guys yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the... The dude is like, all right, you got to work on your marketing, Spider-Man. You got to... All right, so... You got, sitting there like... In the normal cut, in the normal cut, he's like... Nice Spidey suit. So, right, I remember thanks. that. Is it uh, uncomfortable? Yeah, it's, it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Rides up in the crotch a bit. And he's like, nice. Then he reaches down and pushes the button, and he's like, yeah. So, <laughs> a bit more awkward, but... I, yeah, <laughs> my favorite part of the extended scene is when uh, the guy's talking to Peter, and Peter goes, he reaches for the the elevator yeah. button, and the guy goes, oh, that, that doesn't make it go faster. Do that all the time. It, it sucks. <laughs> like how it has the, the other shot, too, where it's up at the, the, the floors, and there's still, like, 12 floors to yeah. go. <laughs> I, this movie, one of the opening scenes is with uh, J. Jonah Jameson, and he, they're negotiating about his pictures, and he's, he's Peter Parker's tired of all of the crap that J. Jonas gave him. And I uh, I have this line where he's like, uh, can you pay me in advance? Or no, no, it's 150. I'll give you 150 for both of them. And 300. Like, 300. And he's like, that's outrageous. Done. Yeah. And like, that's so good, man. Are you kidding me? Oh, I had another good life. He, he's amazing scene. in this movie. Let's talk about J. Jonah James. Your wife's on the line. She said she lost her checkbook. Oh, thanks for the good news. <laughs> thanks for the good news. Yeah. Yeah. And the Doctor Strange line is great. It's great, but it's taken. Like, dude, that's good stuff. I got it. Dr. Octopus. Doc Ock. What are you standing around here? What do you want to race? Got here. <laughs> he's great, man. He's so yeah, good. Yeah, he's so elevated in this movie. He's five great minutes of deadline, Jonah. <laughs> yes, I love Bill Nunn's character in this movie. They expanded him a bit more to be a Spider-Man sympathetic. Yeah, um, and I think that's a good contrast to J. Jonah Jameson because he's still keeping his job, um, but he, he you see it in his face this worry. Do you guys think that he knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man? Because he says right there, he's like, I heard Spider-Man was there, and he eyes Pete. Like, yeah. maybe he knows something. You he, know? He's seen the pictures. Right. Come on. I think he's yeah. just smart, you know? <laughs> the newspaper. Like, he doesn't Peter have Man. any evidence. He doesn't have any conflict, you know, right. confirming evidence, but it's close enough for him. Just <laughs> being the smart guy, as, as Joseph Robertson is, like, mm. I, anyone can deduce that, you know, He's taking those photos, man. Come on. Yeah. But I like that, that they don't reveal that. And another character who maybe knows is Aunt May in this movie. And it's highlighted mm-hmm. with their conversation at the the moving out. Mm-hmm. And that was she, a good she has oh Every gosh, single scene yeah. with Aunt May yes. is so good. That's what I'm trying to say, You want to, to talk say, about man. the moving out scene? Yes. So uh, this is one of those big advice, uh, just great advice that this movie gives. Practically, though, it's given to Pete, but it's useful for all of us here. And the line here is, there's a hero in all of us. 
Sometimes in order to get what we want, we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most, even our dreams. Mm. And in life, it, right there, it's saying to Peter, as you got to give up the thing you want the most, which is a normal life. Yeah. With the love of your life, a normal pedestrian life, and you got you got to be the hero. You know, there's a hero in all of us. But to you, to the viewer, it's listen. You may have dreams and you may have these grand aspirations, but sometimes in order to get what we truly want, what we truly need, and Spider-Man even says that, am I not supposed to have what I want, what yeah. I need? He drops that great line in this movie, which is a great meme. And he says, for, for us as the viewer, it's sometimes we have to give up what we think we want mm -hmm. to get what we truly want. Because going after those dreams, those aspirations, you know, may not be the most feasible thing, may not be possible for us. But there's a hero in all of us. And oh my gosh, he used I love the lines He used the line for Aunt May to uh, save the day at the end. That's what could finally convinced Doc Ock. Yes, yes. We have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most. He's mm. he, It's a gut punch to Dr. Octopus, who... I will not die a monster. Oh, that scene is great. But yeah, that that moving out scene with Aunt May and what's the little boy's name? Is it Freddy? Uh, I think it might be Freddy. Know, the guy across the street. They uh, yeah. they totally play with that because they say his name like three times in the scene. And I look it up. I'm like, oh, that's got to be a, a comic book reference right there. He's he's nobody. He's a nobody character. Mm -hmm. it's, but yeah, this whole movie is just self-sacrifice. It's a, a great life lesson is you get Peter... He just pursues exactly what he wants. He lives the life he wants. And it's, it's really highlighted in the fiery building scene. Mm. When the building yeah, it parallels fire. the first movie. Yeah. How uh, he can do just what he did as Spider-Man, but as Peter Parker. He saved the guy. He, but, but it's yeah. not going to work out as if he was Spider-Man. Mm. Because at the end of that scene... You realize that the firemen say, "Oh, there was another person." Yeah, that's him floor, trying to be floor, trying to be a hero yeah. without being Spider-Man. So that's zero percent Spider-Man. Can't do that. He can't. Yeah, he can't he's do find that. that balance. And, and I've heard critiques to that scene because they use the same score. It's it's a lot of re. And I like what you say there. It's a parallel. I've heard critiques that oh, they just threw that in there to pad the runtime, to add more to it, to add another action sequence because it was kind of boring there. I disagree. I think it's used. For a definite purpose, mm -hmm. especially for this movie, like I don't know why that's a critique. No, yeah, that's def. It, so a lot of this movie parallels the first Spider-Man. Tons of it. You have Doc Ock even talking to himself, like Willem Dafoe does. You have a lot of the mm -hmm. same lessons Spider-Man learns, and you, you have got a lot taking of the same. out the trash scene at the backyard. Yeah, you got the yeah, fire yeah. scene. You got talking with Aunt May at the same points in the movie. It's it's very similar to but the it, first movie. It's very lifelike. You know, yeah. life is. It repeats itself. Go to work every day. I'm not complaining about that. I yeah, thought it was no. awesome. Yeah. How we got to see how you take Spider-Man out of the equation, and it's a completely different scene. So yeah, yeah. But I do think that scene is like the most important scene in this film because it's this triumphant victory rescues a little girl without being Spider-Man. He is the best of both worlds because mm. you get one of the most beautiful montages ever. The rain keeps falling on my head. And walking. <laughs> yes. He's oh so on the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is in the peak form of life. And he's saving people. Yeah. But like Ben said, it's highlighted in. <sighs> Not only that um, the person on the fourth floor died, but that crime rate is up 75%. Mm -hmm. And the world needs Spider-Man. Peter Parker cannot be who he wants to be. He needs to be who he needs to be. It's almost as if his, uh, his inhibitor chip broke. <laughs> And 
the Peter Parker controlled the whole body. So, yeah, I, I like how these Spider-Man movies, uh, the enemy, the va- main villain, is going through the same problems that uh, Peter Parker is going through. In the first movie, he's got his powers. We already talked about that. In the second movie, he is uh, cut off from one side of him. Mm. So, like Doc Ock, he's cut off from his human side, and Peter Parker is cut off from his Spider-Man side. Superhero side, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, like like Mike is, Yeah, well, like what Micah said with the first Spider-Man is, with great power comes great responsibility. It applies to both the villains and the heroes in these movies. This one was, with great intelligence comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, because um, you always had the option to do the right thing. Yeah. And uh, Doc Ock always had that. That, that was ultimately what saved the day, was... With that intelligence, with that morality. Yeah, let's let's talk about Doc Ock because I think he's my favorite part of this. Movie. Love Alfred Molina. He is especially just No Way Home really makes you look back and just how well they do it in that movie. But in this, you really get this epic piece of advice where he starts off, "Oh, you're Connor student." He tells me you're brilliant. He also tells me you're lazy, and he I'm has to do better. Yeah, he has the intelligence isn't a privilege; it's a gift. It's a gift for mankind, you know, and that that's a great way of thinking, you know, because I would not consider myself a smart person. I would not. But I consider you a smart person. You're too harsh on yourself. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you. But you too, Ethan. There is there is not as much. But (laughs) oh, I think I think it can be applied in any situation where you know more about something than someone else does. Mm. Intelligence isn't a privilege. It's not to be looked on as. Oh, I'm better than you because I know more about this than you do. It's a gift to mankind. It's used to further help other people along. And I love that, too. Yeah, that was with the relationship between uh, Doc Ock and his wife, too. We, yeah. we learned about that. Rosie. He was sharing uh, He was sharing uh, his physics stuff, and then he was. she was sharing T.S. Eliot. Yeah. With poetry. Yeah. And with the extended cut, you get a bit more of that scene, too. Yes, you so. do. Love should never be a secret. If you keep something as complicated as love a secret, it'll make you sick. I love that. I love that piece of advice that he that gives. That sets Peter. up the plot. That's that's how he loses his exactly. It sets up the abilities. plot, and it's great advice for the viewer. Like, there's not a lot of movies out there that really speak and give a lot of practical advice to the viewer, but mm-hmm. this movie is one of them. And if you keep something as complicated as love, I, I'm assuming we've all had crushes on a girl in the past. We've all experienced that little feeling in our like. It, if you keep something as complicated as that a secret, it'll eat you up inside. It, it, like the more it goes unsaid, it's just it's this feeling in you that's like, oh, I wish I could talk about this with someone, or I wish I could tell her or him or whoever it might be. You know? Yeah. What do you mean? If you're a, if, <laughs> if you're a, if you're a female listening to this podcast, I'm just trying to be inclusive to all th- to all things. But that's what I'm trying to say here. The advice that he gives Peter is so great, and when he turns and starts to like fight Peter, you feel that, especially when he's attacking Aunt May. I love Alfred Molina in this mm. movie. Doctor Octopus is great, man. He's great. Yeah, and the ending just highlights how the. This man is, is a good man, this whole movie. It's just the, the arms that he created, mm. the intelligence, or the technology used with his intelligence corrupted his brain. And you get that in the ending. He's 
a good guy. He takes the the power of the sun into the ocean with him. I, I didn't know they said it twice in this movie. Yeah, I forgot that he said it at the fusion reactor mm. scene. And he says it kind of menacingly, too. Like, it focuses in on his face, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. I think they said it too many times in No Way Home. <laughs> uh, it said it, it like three times. They, they, do really, they do really call back. But, I mean, it's nostalgia, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's not something I complain about, about yeah. No Way Home, for they sure. They make it physically impossible to watch any previous Spider-Man movie not think of No Way Home. That's mm-hmm. like a brilliant marketing tactic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to complain about it. No way. But um, I have to watch that movie again. I haven't seen this in theaters, man. I, I, I'm with you. I still don't even own it. That's how bad I, I own it. I, I, I still own it. got that 4K steelbook. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am a horrible person. I got to go buy that copy, man. But like Peter Parker in this movie, I am a broke joke. Can I talk about the, uh, oh, yeah, let's go off with a broke joke, man. Yeah, let's talk where's, about Peter Parker. Where is Peter getting money from? Because he's fired at the beginning of this movie. I don't think he has a well, job. Well, his advances from... Oh, he, he got his uh, from, 20 bucks from, from MA that was... Immediately taken away. Immediately taken. Well, you do see him turning in pictures to J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I but... Work to assume that's his full-time job. But... He didn't have any pictures after that. That money that he got from J. Jonah Jameson didn't cover the advance, so he's still uh, broke. I don't know if he really pays for anything, though, in this movie, though. He keeps dog, dodging the his hot dog. He well, the hot dog. But a right. hot dog 50 is cents. One. Where did he yeah, get right. that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he could have scrounged that, that on the seat. But I, I don't think he, I, like, I think it's part of it. Like, he doesn't buy anything. Like, mm-hmm. he's always running from Mr. Dickovic. Give me rent. Plus, in that, that scene with all the gold coins, he had to put a few in his pocket, right? Like, come on. No. Uh, Amy would have. <laughs> Shame on you. That's what she would have said, man. I, Peter Parker in this movie, like, he's the best. I don't know. I, I kind of like Doc Ock more just as a standout. But continuing with Spider-Man 1, man, Peter Parker is absolutely fantastic. Sam Raimi gets Peter Parker mm-hmm. and his story from everywhere to him losing out on his relationship. His relationship with Aunt May is bad. He finally tells her what's going on in the most emotional scene in the movie, for sure. That act, that scene, she says nothing. He lays it all out, and I I credit Andrew, uh, not Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire for that acting scene. He actually doesn't mess it up as in him talking his to His acting does significantly improve yes, in this movie. Yeah, yes. definitely. And she says nothing and he's like this is what happened at me i'm responsible i did this and she the hand goes away and she walks up the stairs and leaves I it felt there that like that was tough. The, the no music nothing you you feel her as the chair creaks it walks away that she walks away i mean it's it's heartbreaking yeah this movie um i i, I re-listened to the spider-man podcast we did on the first episode mm. and uh, we always talked about how packed this movie is, how quick-paced it is, or for the first one. And for this one, I feel that it was planned out perfectly where we had just enough time to sit with these emotions. I totally agree. With, the, with the, these past movies, I'm like, ah, oh, we just don't have enough time to sit with emotions. And that's what makes a good movie a good movie, mm. is when they allow you to sit and breathe with these characters. And you sit there with Peter for just a couple seconds at that table by yourself. And you're like, wow. Aunt May is Aunt May is gonna go through some stuff up there. She's she's probably crying. She's probably and then it immediately cuts yeah. to brr, with but you Doc don't Ock, you but don't blame her. Either. I don't blame her because this is her husband who she's grown old yeah. with. Yeah, and just now telling her that her nephew is the mm-hmm. one who is responsible for his death. I don't which blame makes her the, the moving out scene all the better. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's it's symbolic moving out, moving on with her life, moving up, yep. you know, moving on with Peter saying, you know, she loves him. She's yeah. she's still going to be there for him. She's still going to be supportive and everything. And uh, that's what I love about it. every Ma- Aunt May scene mm-hmm. is she's kind of the Uncle Ben of this movie. Uh, Uncle Ben is Absolutely. It, do you want to talk about the Uncle Ben but, scene? Yeah, I was going to say. Because was Uncle Ben right in this movie? Because he, he doesn't go with... Uncle Ben, and then I think Uncle Ben is right. Good things happen, bad things happen. Yeah, well, Uncle Ben is right. Go ahead. Does it doesn't matter if Uncle Ben is right though, because this is not the scene we got in the first movie. This is all in Peter's subconscious, Mm -hmm. unless they also had a very impactful. But he was um, just trying to push that with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and I think what they're trying to go for is that you can't have great responsibility or great power without great responsibility, and. Great intelligence. You have to have both. So now we have this new lesson of intelligence and the gift that Doc Ock is telling us about. And we have to combine that with knowing when to use it, when to time manage this. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what um, Peter didn't understand that at first. He didn't understand. He thought that with great power comes great responsibility meant that everything is his. And he has to bear this whole city on his shoulders. But in reality, he doesn't have to. So... I don't know. About 100% that, of the time. 100% oh, okay. Of the time. All right. All right. All right. Okay. 100% of the time. Like 75%. Kind of like how. Nice. <laughs> kind of like how in the Batman, he uses. He, he can't be everywhere at once. Mm. Spider Man's trying to be everywhere at once in this movie. Yeah. And he's just just not feasible. Mm-hmm. But I think to your, to your question, is Uncle Ben right? I think he is. And I yeah. think Spider Man in that moment wants to do his own thing. Yeah, I think Peter's interpretation of. Yeah. Uncle Ben's was wrong, but he ultimately comes to the realization that yeah, I, you know what I do, I do need to be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man mm-hmm. again. So Uncle Ben is right, absolutely. But uh, another scene I want to highlight. If we're done talking about that scene, I, you guys want to bring up anything else with that scene because that's a big one. I just love the uh, the white background. It's very ominous, <laughs> and you're like, but they're in a car. What kind of pocket void are they in right now? Yeah, I like how it was. Uh, it, it wasn't a scene. It wasn't a flashback. At first, I was like, "Okay, we're back in flashback," yeah. but it was actually new stuff. He was mm-hmm. talking about new things that were happening to yeah. him right then, and it's kind of. Uh, it, it was a good scene. I liked mm. it. It was a good scene. Hit me, hit me right here. I, a lot of scenes hit me right here in this yeah. movie. Another <laughs> scene that hit me, as you say, Micah, right here, uh, is the party sequence, and mm. it's basically he like the worst party of all time for Peter. He gets there. He doesn't he gets, know it's his party. <laughs> well, he, well, what's no, the occasion? No, no, not that one. Oh. The oh, party the, sequence with John Jameson. Yeah. For John Jameson, he goes to the gala. He gets slapped twice by Harry Osborne. Mm. He tries to get a glass. And each time, he there twice, he gets a glass. Each time, it's empty. Mary Jane breaks up with him. Well, she really lays Just out why she's bad. And yeah. <laughs> and then she proposes to John Jameson Oh, well, not proposes, but she accepts his invitation, and he's all the while dollar short. All, yes, all the while, J. Jonah Jameson is on him. Hey, take the picture! Take the picture! Here, here, here! Take the picture! Hey, you know? Wake up! Everything <laughs> goes so. I mean, in a movie where everything goes wrong for mm-hmm. him, in that scene specifically, so many things go wrong for him, and it it just it hurts to watch. You know, man. in the first party scene where it's his birthday, mm-hmm. um, MJ says, "I'll go get the hors d'oeuvres." So I guess that's some sort of symbol. Oh, wow! Yeah, didn't know so that. So she didn't get. He didn't get any of the hors d'oeuvres at the party, and if MJ's the one giving the hors d'oeuvres, then. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. That scene just kills me. Like, 
just watching him lose and lose and lose and lose and all the time. Is just, and he he's trying to be he. I, I love the reveal. The reveal of MJ being with mm. John Jameson. So, you know, he's ready to take the picture. He turns around and then you just see him lower the camera and he's staring mm. and he's he's got this look on his face and and MJ sees him in the crowd and ooh, it is it is rough. Yeah. Not rough in a bad way, rough in a it hits. Yeah, they do from the the start of the movie they set it up to where Peters is taking L after L and it it's cuz he's trying to balance these two lives. It Biggest for me movie. For me like what reigns true in this movie, I think it works for this movie a little better than it does for No Way Home is you're struggling to mm. everything you want mm. while the world tries to make you choose. And he's trying to he does choose to be Peter Parker, but he he needs to ultimately choose to be Spider-Man. And that's the best No Way Home again cuz this is yeah. this is where he gets his lessons that he tells Tom Holland Spider-Man. <sighs> It's from this movie. He doesn't really learn much in Spider-Man 3 except for to forgive your enemies. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch Spider-Man This is 2. the core of the Raimi trilogy. This yes. is why the Raimi trilogy is considered. And would you guys uh, agree with me that the biggest L in Spider-Man 2 is when he can't go into the theater because of the main villain of this movie? <laughs> the Bruce, snooty usher. The snooty usher, Bruce Campbell. Do we want to pop Your tie? Uh, uh, shoes and tie? May I help you? <laughs> <laughs> He's great, man. He is so great. Unfortunately, we do not let anyone in after uh, these doors close. Oh, it's... <laughs> Zips his lips. And it's extended. I wish I got to see the extended for this one. But he actually shoes him out, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. yeah. We don't get to see that in... Uh, in the he says, cut. someone's got to do something about that usher, man. I mean, And then a phone rings up. That, that's also a good scene with Peter Parker, too. I got that, that shows just how sorry he yeah. is, like how sorry of a person he is that he can't. He just is coming up with all these excuses, and mm. he just can't. He can't because there's no justifying that. There's yeah. no just make it to the show on time. Just give up Spider-Man for this time so that you can go. Just give up Spider-Man for this amount of time so you can do that, that, and that. Make up with your friends. Make up with your with your family. All these things, but he doesn't until because. With great power mm -hmm. comes great responsibility. You can't switch off that scene. If you see a pedestrian walking around the street and a car's about to hit her, you got to save her. Mm -hmm. With great power comes great responsibility. You can't just do that, and that's what makes him so yeah. relatable and so fun to watch or read or whatever. You know, that's what makes him so great. I got a note here that says Spidey should be going out with Mr. Ditkovich's daughter. That, I wrote that too. No way. Really? I legit wrote that down also. Oh, no She's the only way. one that accepts him for who he is and trying to help him. No way, guys. Did we uh, all write also, that down? Also, uh, would you like a piece of chocolate cake? It's clearly vanilla. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I noticed that too. Chocolate frosting. But dude, she's so nice to him. She is. Hi, Pete. Like, hi, Pete. <laughs> that's, who she, that's who we should be with, it, man. Legit, like, when that scene happened, and even in the first movie they do it, and in the third movie, there's also more scenes with it, mm. too. It just, it feels so right. Is she a character in the comics? I'm not sure. Not that I know of. I don't think so, Because Mr. Uh, Ditkovich isn't a character either. He's just based off Steve Dit Ditko. Yeah. So probably not. That's my bet. If it is from the comics, let us know. But I don't think so. Yeah, I probably really like how uh, she's the only one that's like helping Peter at his lowest. Yeah, what? Mm -hmm. Ursula, right? That's her name. Ursula, yeah. yes. 
Thank so. you. I forgot her name. I know she's so kind to him in she all is. the movies. He walks in. Give me rent. Uh, hi Pete, rent. and she throws a spoon, and the pots light on fire. Mm. Yeah, she she clearly is she in anything else? Yeah, you know there's a problem with MJ when uh, Ursula has a few scenes, and we find her way more compelling. That's my thing, man. Seen anything else? It's like they took her like all of who she is mm-hmm. and put that into Gwen Stacy and expanded upon that. Like that's who he should be with. Mr. Ditkovich's daughter. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. What else you guys got? I'm I think I've made it through I like most the, of my uh, notes, organization of yeah. this movie, how precise it is. So it, it seems like we're taking a lot of time in these scenes, but mm-hmm. it's very clear that it's planned out because at every ha- 30 minute mark in the movie, there's a huge beat that happens. First 30 minutes uh, is when he falls because he he doesn't. The first time he falls because he doesn't have the the webs. My back. No, no, not that one. That's way later. Back. Well, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, an hour into the movie, that's when he gives up Spider-Man. That's when he throws the the suit into the trash. Iconic shot from the comics of him, the the costume of the dumpster. Mm. Just had to shout that out. Beautiful scene. Hour right hour 30. That's when he's back as Spider-Man. Uh, not not the first. I'm back, but when he's actually back as Spider-Man, that's uh, the train scene. Mm. Just before the train scene. So yeah, let's hold on. Let's highlight that scene. One of the best scenes. One of the uh, best action. We get out. We get a cameo from Joey Diaz. You guys know Joey Diaz. He's, Joey uh, Diaz. Joey Diaz. Yes. Who is he? The guy who says you're gonna have to go through. You're gonna us. have to go through me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, he's a comedian. A, he's, he's a in, comedian. He sounds like a Jerry this Diaz. Dude. He's in the. He's in an Office episode, correct? <laughs> Probably at some point. I think he's in the uh, the office episode where they uh, go to the restaurant. You know, he's he does have a very distinctive face. Oh yeah, is he the mob boss? I think he the, is. Yes, yeah. in the office. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, was he? Oh, he was writer. All right, actor. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a comedian. So I thought that was pretty funny. I was the first person to pop up. <laughs> but this was one of his earliest uh, roles too. Interesting. Okay. So that was pretty cool. I don't know. Do, do we want to talk about uh, James Franco in this film? What do we think of him? Yeah, well, it's continuing off of his first one. I like how he takes a back seat, but still gets tons of character. He definitely over. takes a back seat. Because we, we get to yeah. hear uh, how the death of his father and the revengeance of the vengeance of uh, that he wants on Spider-Man is yeah. clearly there. And that's why he doesn't like Peter. And Peter isn't clearing that up with him until the end where we see there are bigger things beyond you and me right now. Mm. That scene was really good, too. Yes, I like that interaction. And uh, with the end where uh, we see he's got the green bow tie on at the, wedi- yeah. at the wedding. A little bit of that yeah. color theory popping back through. Yeah, but it's not really one, I, I have I, I lied. I have one more critique. When Doc Ock comes and he wants the tritium, mm. and he says, yeah, I want all your tritium. And he's like, we'll make a deal. Go get Spider-Man. Doc Ock doesn't need to make that deal. He can punch yeah. him in the face with his arms. They're man. business partners. Come I on. I mean, he already wanted not to get really, Spider-Man anyway. Not anymore. He already wanted to get Spider-Man anyway, so it didn't matter. But find Peter Parker. Find Spider-Man. I don't know. It, it's just, it's a flaw. It's a MacGuffin. It's like, <laughs> it, did, it didn't need to happen. I feel like you could just take it right now. Mm-hmm. But he's like, make a deal. Well, he didn't have the tritium yet. Well, yeah, but he could have easily gotten it just to break in there. Sure. But. I mean, I guess it is easier for James Franco to willingly give him it, but now he has to go fight the webhead. Yeah. So I feel like that's a little, a little bit not major though. 
Not yeah, it. and he's like to Doc Ock, don't hurt Peter. Next scene with Doc Ock, he's hurling a car at him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he also <laughs> slams him into a wall. like, And throws the wall on top of him. <laughs> he still needs to get the information about Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Like, if you're going to kill this guy, how are you going to do that? Yeah, and I do want to come back to the, the line where him and uh, James Franco confront each other and uh, he sees his face and he's like, uh, it's you? Mm. It was you? And you know, he, you said the line already, but there's, uh, there's bigger things happening here than me and you. And I really think that signifies his complete switch mm. from 30 minutes earlier in the film. He's 100% Peter Parker. And here in this scene, he doesn't even have time to talk. He to could have gone back to 100% yeah. Peter Parker and because um, he had to have that switch, but mm. he knows that he has to be Spider-Man right now. Mm -hmm. This is, Spider-Man is important right now and MJ is going to die if he's not there. And also, most of New York, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I do really love the arc they put James Franco through in these movies because say what you want about Spider-Man 3, but it's just so cool seeing them spend three movies to build this villainous turn. And I mean, you get a Willem Dafoe cameo. Oh, yes, film. you do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do at the end, which is just great. But <laughs> you guys know why they got the the cameo? Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was just Willem, Willem was on a walk, walking back from. Uh, he was just out walking. He was going back to his apartment, and he saw the casting crew filming, and they're like, "Yo, come on, come on, we'll we'll film a scene." So that's why, because the scene doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I think it makes sense. Oh, why I is he totally. Why is he having visions of his dad? Because he's he, he's having the goblin like the goblins inside of him, you know. But the goblin isn't like the Hulk. His dad didn't inject it in. Well, why did true. Peter have visions of Uncle Ben? Exactly. Same, Those are the two, two uh, plot visions that yeah. uh, were in this movie. I don't know. I think it works in for in a foreshadowing way, as in, hey, guess what's coming up, man? Which I uh, the ending of this movie really makes you wish for a more uh, tight version of Spider-Man Three. Where not so much is going on, and Peter faces Green Goblin by himself. Yes. No disrespect to Sandman. Disrespect to Venom. <laughs> no disrespect to Sandman. It's just I feel like having Harry versus Peter in the third installment of this trilogy would be much more emotional if that was the core. Yeah, and got really, so many movies between now and Spider-Man Three. Yeah, and <laughs> Spider-Man Three is like the first movie where Sony got their way. Because if yeah. you've been tracking this, in Spider-Man 1, they wanted Doc Ock and Green Goblin in the film. Sony's one thing is, let's, let's just get a ton of villain in movies. You know, they finally yeah. got it in No Way Home. Sony won. And it turned Sony out to be a good film. Sony unfortunately won in yeah. the Marvel legend, Morbius. <laughs> uh, it was such a shame, man. No, I know. Well, No Way Home works, though, because Marvel Studios is there to correct things and make it all tight. Papa Feige's got his hand on it. Exactly. Which he, uh, once again, has his hand on this film, yes. too. Yes. You can't underestimate the power and the influence that this movie had on Kevin Feige. He's always made reference to this trilogy specifically, and, of course, the X-Men ones. But, I mean, this one was big for him, you know? So... Anything else you guys want to mention before we go into favorites? The dude from uh, Community was in this movie. Yeah, well, okay. So I'd like to start this new segment. We've kind of been talking about it before. We're going to call it Cameo Corner. We're going to go over, if a movie has a lot of cameos, I'd like to highlight those, you know? And this movie does actually have a lot of cameos. Starting with the beginning, Daniel Day Kim makes another cameo in this movie. It's not really a cameo at this point because he's not big and lost. 
but he has speaking lines in this film, exactly. which is great. And I said uh, two weeks ago when we watched Ainley's Hawk or Ainley's Hulk that Daniel Day Kim would appear, and here he is, yes. my boy Jin, appearing in another Marvel movie. The the Jin Cinematic Universe continues. That's right. Credited as Raymond. We also is get he in any other. Uh, Marvel movies, or is it just uh, he's in Hulk? My dream, he will eventually be in the MCU. <laughs> Come on. Oh, he's Come in Hellboy. He will be in uh, the new Avatar series. On yes, he will be. That's oh, yeah. See, oh, Ozai? No way. Fire Lord Ozai, dude. That's sick. I know. It's even sicker if you've watched Lost. Because he's amazing in that. But we also get a Stan Lee cameo in this movie. Very brief, split second, you'll miss it. Like, if you don't know it's there, you'll probably miss it. But he saves a woman. Uh, he's credited as man dodging debris. It's really interesting to see how discreet these early Stan Lee cameos are. Because later in the MCU films, they just become so fun yeah. and uh, over the top. But here, he, yeah, it's a blink and you miss it moment. It's He literally like grabs a kid and pulls him away from debris. It's yeah. so quick. Bruce Campbell, we've already talked about the studio Usher cameo. Joey Diaz, already talked about him. Yep. Uh, Joel McHale. You yeah, got from Community. Yep. Uh, and he also has, a, I think, a, a weekly show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's, he's really fun. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot what his new show is, but he's in that. A lot of little tidbits and cameos in this movie, references to other things and stuff. I like it. It's good stuff, man. I like a movie with a lot of good cameos. Well, we're oh, going to try and keep this segment up. Scott Spiegel. He's in this movie, too. I don't know who Scott Spiegel is. He's in the Evil Dead me. movies. Evil Dead movies. Oh, okay. Um, we got right. Peter McRobbie, who plays Father Lantham in the Daredevil series. No way. That's who it was? Yes. Okay. He's in the scene with Dr. He's Octopus, in the scene with Daniel he's in the back. He's yep. like, he's yeah. in the back. That's who it was. I could not place it. And I was like, I might as well not bring him up. But yes, Father Lantham in Daredevil. I forgot about that. The Garbage Man was Thank also you. in Dark Knight Rises. Oh really, dude? No way. The the multiverse exists. <laughs> oh my, Batman! Oh, where's Batman? At? Dang! And we get Willem Dafoe, of course. Of course, that, but he does make a cameo appearance. Appearance, appearance in this film. Yes, I, this is something I kind of want to keep up it, going from movie to movie. Obviously, if there's like one cameo in there, but try and look for. Repeat actors who are big now, who were small then, or just actual cameos in these movies. Elon you know. Musk is in one of the Iron Mans, isn't he? Iron Man 2, he shows Iron up Man in 2. that movie. Yeah. Spoilers. spoilers. Oh, spoilers for Iron Man 2. <laughs> but yeah, that's Cameo Corner. I kind of want to keep that going for uh Oh, was the violinist anything in anything else? The violinist? Yeah. The, Spider Man. With the beautiful <laughs> Man. See, that's an aspect of the film that when I watched it, Couple years ago, I hate it. Yes, I'm gonna say the same. But thing. for some reason, now, I like how Peter actually cringes at it, though. Yeah, it just—it's so it's self-aware. Yeah, so yeah. Sam Raimi. There's a lot of that in this. Can we talk movie. about the Raimiisms? Yeah, I love the Raimiisms. All right, so the first one we see really is the horror scene with Ooh. Doc Ock. Yeah. in the surgery room, scene. which was actually uh, test footage to see how the. The puppeted arms would work. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Screen. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's why it is so Sam Raimi. It's extended in the extended Ooh. edition. And yeah. I wish, I, I I just wish I had the 4K copy that, of a the scene, A part of that scene that irked me and still irks me is when the lady, her the nails. fingernails. Yeah. It's campy in the best way possible. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love every part of that scene. And it's, it's kind of gives you that, that it, it, if you take it seriously, then it's as gruesome as 
I mean, not as gruesome, but pretty close to gruesome as the one in Doctor Strange Multiverse of mm. Madness, where they're where Wanda's wiping out the whole Illuminati. Yeah. It's the same vibe because he's brutally murdering all these dudes in the surgery room that are innocent. And uh, yeah, it's another big great Ramiism is the end of raindrops are falling on my head. It is a <laughs> freeze frame blurry still of Peter's face. It's a blurry still, <laughs> and that is another scene that I hated watching at first. I was like, "What? I hate this." But now watching it with the backdrop of everything else and all the memes that have come from it, I love it. I love it. It's great stuff. And I just laugh at that scene now. What about the, the jump zooms in the cafe when uh, Doc Ock is coming in one step at a time? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> boom. And every single boom, it's like a, another zoom somewhere and else. It gives you real Jurassic Park yeah. vibes whenever yes. Doc Ock is showing up. You have the rumbling of everything. And I'm not going to lie. The scene when Doc Ock goes to visit uh, James Franco. What is it? What's his name in the movie? Uh, Osborne. Harry, 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 yeah, Harry. Yeah. When he goes to visit Harry, uh, <laughs> there's a jump scare with one of the tentacles. I didn't jump, but it, it got me. It got me pretty good. I didn't jump, but it got me. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like physically move, but mentally, I, I shook a little. There's a shot didn't in get this. Me, but I wet myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to get new underwear. So. <laughs> um, there is a shot in this movie where Spider-Man is swinging in the city, and it. It zooms out on him all the way, and then you find out that it's Dr. Octopus's glasses that are looking at him, who is up on top of this building. If you know the shot I'm talking about, yeah. it's beautiful. Like I just And I do say one. the visuals, in, are there, is there one bad, like what, what's a bad CGI moment in this movie? You watch the uh, 4K. The helicopters in the swing scene at oh, the end. Oh, yes, at the end. Those are kind of trash. I saw mm. that. Um... They are, but but I'll give them credit. It was in the daytime. That's a huge risk to do CGI in the daytime because it yeah. doesn't look as good. Well, it, I don't know. If man. it's darker, they can hide more things I, in the daytime. Yeah. They can, it's but all I, exposed. I think with with what we've seen so far, you got to remember that Phantom Menace came out in 1999, five years before this film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of that movie is CGI in daylight. And that they had direct action style on that too. That is true, but I'm saying in the five year time span, the fact that they couldn't get it as polished as that. And Lucas well, they, was so so. The that. thing about that is that is true. They can choose the materials that they want. Um, with more of a matte metal for those helicopters, it's way more difficult. But that's what helicopters are made out of. Hmm. With the N1 Starfighters, they can make those super shiny, and it looks better because shiny is easier to do. I agree, but you have to like think of all the CGI like creatures in that movie. The mm -hmm. way they make them look flawless, you know, uh, flawless. Well, the character model, the character models weren't bad. I don't know, man. They're they. I'm not gonna lie. Even to this day, those things still kind of hold up. Jar Jar be on the level of Thanos right now. <laughs> <laughs> not really, but like. <laughs> He's not bad. I mean, well, okay. All right, let's compare it to Gollum. CGI ain't bad. Compare, compare it to Gollum. Yeah, yes. Gollum was really good. There you go. That's that came point. out in 2002. 2002. Yeah. Gollum was a perfect. Still to this day is mm. perfect. So, but for the most part, the, the visuals and the, the special effects yes. in this movie, I, I think every action sequence looks so good. The mm -hmm. faces are a bit off, but the motion is... On point. I like agree. we skipped over that arc. that train fight scene. That train fight scene is so good, mm -hmm. and it 
watching and it's extended. It. I w- yeah. <laughs> Dang, you should have just skipped it. Like, I think <laughs> I wrote on this somewhere. Like, two, four kick up. to no, this day, that train and fight still. Yep. So up. epic. So good. So I critiqued the action in the first one, much to your guys' chagrin. This one has no critiques from it. The, everything is beautiful in this movie. Like, I love it. Oh, I uh, gotta say with the CGI, though, I noticed in, especially in the, the Burning House, uh, the blue screen pulled through a little bit. You mm. can see the blue screen on the edge, like the reflection really? of the blue on the on the people. Okay. So right. that was that was one part. But other than that, I didn't notice any blue screen bleeding or anything. Do we have anything else we want to bring up uh, before we go into? Well, I just want to say least favorite element in this movie, and I, I can already, I, I think I already know what it's going to be. And I do, but. so the, uh, Joe McHale, he gets a pretty good line in the movie when, when Peter runs away. He, he just leaves Aunt May, and uh, he says, that boy of yours is a real hero. I, I, I like that line. Yeah, I like that's how good. It, it highlights how people see Peter mm. in this movie, because self-sacrifice, it's the mm. whole motto of this movie, and it's done so well, and they plant so many eggs in the movie throughout it. Indeed. What about you, Mike? Anything else? Uh, that's about it for me. Until, oh, uh, I wrote, so So in Spider-Man 3, MJ gets laid off. Check. I wrote, no wonder she gets fired because there's that scene when she sees Peter in the the stands at the, at the play. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> like 20, yeah, right? 20 seconds of her just not saying her line. I'm like, yeah, of course she gets fired. Yeah, no wonder. Movie. You were staring at a seat for... Crying out loud, jeez! Yeah, there were um, there were a lot more Spidey quips in this movie than the first one. They improved on that. In the bank scene, there were some quips. Don't forget your change. <laughs> there were more quips, and I think it was yeah. They improved on that because the first movie had one, two. I would say I would. I don't know. I I didn't. The it's not as many as I, it's not as many as I'd want. Yeah, true. But All right, that's there fair. were more. Yep. And I love the the gold coins in the in the bank vault. It's very comic esque. When he when he grabs them with his arms, and it's completely practical. Like you can you can tell, and he grabs them. Like you're right. It totally feels. Those arms are are so good. Yeah, I agree. Well, gentlemen, I think you know what we like, what we don't like. Uh, let's go for our least favorite scene or element in this movie. I kind of already said it. It's Mary Jane. She doesn't really do it for me at all. Uh, I think it's highlighted here in a scene. I forgot to mention where they at the end she says, I think I always knew that you were Spider-Man. Hmm. And if that is true, then what is the deal with all of the dogging for him being late and on time? Because if she thinks she always knows, then clearly if he's Spider-Man, that's his reason for being late, not on time for things like not being a part of things like and then all also all the other reasons that i mean we talked about she's a jerk to john jameson is she in love with spidey i don't she's my least favorite element in this movie um micah your least favorite scene or element oh man um there were a couple lines that didn't feel natural just sprinkled in there but besides that like that's that's really nitpicking for me i guess uh John Jameson not being developed as much. Um, what about oh the best scene in the movie being cut from the theatrical cut where J. Jonah Jameson is wearing the suit? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You can't really call that a criticism of it though. Yeah, I know. Well, I no, know. you know what? 
I would I would critique the the theatrical cut of Batman versus Superman for not having the extended stuff to really tie everything together. So. Yeah, okay. that's a valid criticism. So that's an that. and giving us the that the way true. worse version of the elevator scene, and or uh, the way better, depending on your point of view. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, like the theatrical cut was worse in the elevator scene. I oh, prefer, okay. I, right. prefer right. the, I, I prefer the I prefer the it is yeah snappy boy. So is it just it just some line delivery that you're nitpicky? Yeah, yeah. There's one line that stands out to me from uh, MJ says it in the cafe. I forgot what it was. I should have written it down, but it wasn't noteworthy enough for me to... That's just the only thing that's sticking with me right now. Okay. All right. Um, Not a lot of criticisms, though. Yeah, there were a couple of CGI building. When the building is... When you're far away from the building, that's kind of sunk in. Mm. Doesn't look that great. A um, couple other CGI things, but it's... other Overall, it was it was fine. Not much to critique. I'm with you. Beautiful movie for me. I... Yeah. That's right. Ethan, your least favorite element or scene of Spider-Man 2. I mean, we, we've all said it, but MJ. MJ is my... The, the, yeah. Really, the only thing that takes this movie down a notch for me is... And I'll highlight this, specifically the scene where she uh, kisses uh, Jameson upside down. Yeah. That whole sequence doesn't sit right with me. Because then five minutes later, she's in the cafe. She wants to meet with Peter... And it really puts a big question mark. Oh, and really on wants the whole to kiss him. Yeah, it, I, yeah, that scene was awkward. I'll and I don't that. like how Peter leans in to kiss her either. After he says he doesn't, he can't be with her, but he still wants the kiss. Mm. It, yeah, that that whole sequence doesn't feel right. It really makes MJ's character look terrible. It doesn't make Peter's yeah. character look good either because he's leaning in for the kiss. It's really just. It's probably the messiest part of this movie for me, MJ, and. That doesn't help it at all because you're really in love with this. I still I don't know. It does she only love Peter because he's Spider-Man? I don't know. Maybe, and I don't like not knowing. Yeah, that. maybe we'll find out in the sequel to this movie. I mean, we've all seen it, but, but anyway. Yeah, you really think they're going to develop on MJ's character in the third one? And they had two shots at it. We're talking about No Way Home yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> all we get is it's complicated. Yep. So looks like nothing changed. Nothing has changed <laughs> in the twenty years. We never end up Toby Spider-Man. Oh. Dude, no way. Hold on. What's hold on? on. That the every single person in that um, all the doctors and nurses they're all cameos. So really? uh, John Landis, the main doctor, is like you guys ever take shop class? Uh, he's the director of the Blues Brothers. He's the director, or he's a producer. He's a huge dude in uh, the like production thing. Susie Park, she's the nails one. Oh. She did the stunts for Blade. Oh, um, oh so produ a lot of production people. Yeah, yeah. She was in a couple things, too. Interesting. Okay. But yeah. All right. So, Gentleman favorite character. Do we have a favorite character in this movie? Micah, who stands out to you the most, the character you most maybe relate to, or who you like the most in Spider-Man 2? Um... I liked... Do you want to go first, Ethan? I I'll can go decide. first, yeah. All right. Yeah. It, I mean, this is considered one of the best character studies. The My my favorite thing with superhero movies, and I love that to this day it hasn't been too exhausted, is a struggle between superhero and self and the secret mm. identity, hiding that. The, one of the benefits of the MCU is they threw that away real early really it's only spider-man in the mcu who has the secret identity and i think doing that was was so strong because now stories like this still are impactful and still mean 
a ton. So my favorite character in this movie is, of course, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. There you go. Has to be him. And my favorite scene with him is the end after he's learned all his lessons. He's with uh, Otto Octavius. He's mm. like, sometimes to do what's right, we must be steady and give up things we desire the most, even our dreams. You know, the, the whole lesson he learns oh. to this movie. And that's just the peak of... Toby's character, the peak of Spider-Man in general, hmm. and uh, he's got to be my favorite aspect of this film. That is great. That I mean, he is the best. But in my opinion, the character that stands out the most to me is Otto Octavius. Hmm. Just like a great hero, for a great story, you need a great villain. And Otto Octavius certainly fits that bill, continuing on from Norman Osborn's Green Goblin, two knock-your-socks-off villains for this trilogy to start it off, and he's so great. Like I said, the, his advice that he gives Peter throughout the movie, practical and for the movie, is so great, and the fact that he does not die a monster, as he says, but he, he saves the city and Peter Parker and Mary Jane, he dies a hero. So you have this villain who ends up dying a hero, which is just beautiful and um, obviously you know um oh i'm blanking on his name now bruce campbell no oh. um <laughs> the actor for dr octopus oh um alfred oh, molina shoot. Afro, alfred, alfred molina thank you he is so absolutely fantastic and crushes this role as doc ock so he is my favorite character micah do you have yours yes i'm gonna go with two B characters because you guys went with the main characters that are okay. the best obviously so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, what's his name ah! JK no no Joseph Robertson Robbie Robertson that's um, the guy um, five minutes of deadline the guy with two scenes <laughs> yeah okay because I liked I All liked right. that that was sick I liked his uh, his little his little things that he does where he's he's helping Peter along by asking him the right questions to Help with Jonah. I thought that was really cool. the only one in the bugle who defends Spider-Man. Yeah, who defends Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. The real and hero then, uh, of the story. Then the true villain of the story, Bruce Campbell. Mm. <laughs> Soon to be uh, Mysterio in Spider-Man 4. Oh. <laughs> so uh, A definite exhale in the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite uh, scene? Aunt May. Aunt, yeah, to go into my favorite scene, Aunt May is my, uh, is my pick for that one with the confession scene mm. with Peter. And uh, that's how, a great favorite scene. That one was it was so good. How I think that was one of the first ep uh, scenes where Tobey Maguire shows true emotion in this movie and really shows the remorse. And I, I find it so brave of Peter to just lay it all out. And Aunt May recognizes that later in the moving out scene, she says that he was so brave for saying what needed to be say, said, to say mm -hmm. the truth. Ethan, was your favorite scene the scene at the end between Peter and uh, Otto? It was, or, but if I get if I get another go at it, I'll absolutely. get another go at it. Like, <laughs> come on. This scene is just so full of s scenes that are just so good. They're, the execution on like 12 of these scenes is just top 10, man. And I mean, the scene that I like to come back to a lot is is the fiery building scene. A lot of us first glance is it's it's dumb. It's a remake of the first. But I mean it, it does. He learns that valuable lesson. Mm. 
You know, he, he saves a little girl. The family's so happy. He, the perfect balance is found. He can be a hero, but also fully be Peter Parker. And then he finds out that guy died. And it's tragic. And he realizes being Peter isn't enough. I have to be more. With the great power comes great responsibility. Mm. That's great, man. Uh, for me, it's the Aunt May and Peter chip. Not the one that you highlight, though. The one where she gives him $20. Mm. And how hard good. she wants to give him this, even though she can't do it herself. It's It hits you so hard. Her acting there is good. You say that Peter is deadpan, and he is. But I think it's a lot of internal conflict going on in his brain. And I, I think it was purposeful. I did, yeah, I didn't find it as in a way of like taking you out of the moment like I did with the first one. It was definitely really good. And again, Rosemary Harris is beautiful in that scene. Um, but an honorable mention is the raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. That is also just a beautiful sequence. Another honorable mention that I didn't even talk about earlier is the car chase scene from the beginning of the movie that makes him late to the show. That is a really good car chase scene. Yes, it is. I, I love that. And the the backflip he does over the The lighting? Uh, he, Toby actually performed that scene. Yeah. Yeah, they had a stuntman do it at first. Really? Yeah. And then uh, Raimi was like, that's not, that doesn't look good. So they had Toby do it. And it oh, good. wow. So. How'd uh, you do that? Huh? You uh, know, yeah. Eat your vegetables. Eat your green vegetables. Plenty rest. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my mom's always saying. I just never believe it. I guess that. if we want to count that guy as a cameo, too, he. Uh, he goes and plays a character and uh, shake it up later. Oh, nice. One of the, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> every every single, with Zendaya, so. Every single scene that's at night, I feel, has such good lighting. The mm. colors are so vibrant. The lighting is perfect. And everything just is shiny. And, mm -hmm. and awesome. his suit is extra shiny in this yeah. film. Mm. I agree. Gentlemen, that's about all. The time has come Oof. for the epic scoring of Spider-Man 2. I, I, as a prediction, I feel like this is going to be our highest one. What is our highest one right now? Our Michael? highest one right now is Spider-Man at 7.9. 7.9. Okay. Ethan, do you have your score ready for Spider-Man 2? I do. So, lean into this. Like, this movie is so bold. We've watched all these movies leading up to it. This is the first one that, like Micah said, isn't rushed. You get time to sit with Peter, and sometimes it's awkward, but it's so necessary for the story. And my favorite thing in any media is the character-driven side of things. Like, cool action sequences are great, but the character is there. And this movie, perfect mm -hmm. balance of both of that. That Top-notch. These are the best action action sequences we've seen so far on this watch through and the best character moments we've seen so far on this watch through and I was going to say I wanted to put this at an 8 but then I remember Ben put Punisher at 8 and that just didn't sit right with me so this is an 8.4 8.4 8 not quite a 9 <laughs> for you? Not a 9 no 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 there are how do you get higher than an 8 then? there are probably two movies that cross nine for me really? in all of Marvel. Yeah. Oh so, wow. Okay. Oh. Well, I'm I'm saving my uh, spot for that. Wow. Come on, eight point four. No, super, that's still good. Super yeah. generous. Yeah. Come on. Well, Micah, you sound like you have something to say about that. So, what would you give Spider Man to? For me, every complaint that I had about this movie was really nitpicking, man. Like I I would not have complained about it if we didn't have the podcast because I just. I, at the end of this movie, I was like, what, what is there to 
say that's bad about this movie. Oh no, we're gonna we're not gonna have a discussion. We're just gonna be sitting here saying good things about this movie, and we for the most part did. But going out of this movie, this is one of the most heartfelt, one of the most action-packed, one of the most emotional, because we get those beats that are just so fantastic. And the morals, everything that we learn from this movie, everything that Peter learns from this movie, all the characters, the only thing that's bad really about this movie, but really I wouldn't complain about because I can find a reason for it, is MJ. Like, because I already talked about MJ and how I think that she's going through her own thing at the moment that Mm -hmm. doesn't really, it's not Peter's fault. In some ways, it's her fault, and it's just a whole thing, a whole different thing, and they never really resolve MJ's plot in three, but whatever. I I just, it truly is one of the greatest superhero films of all time, and that's why I got to break the nine echelon. Mm. I got to say, this is one of the greatest movies of all time, no exaggeration. Ooh, okay. Movies. Okay. It's, it's in Not my top ten. Superhero it's in my top ten. Okay. So, with that... Got to give it a 9.5. I like it. Listen, Just to put it in the middle of the yeah. nines, because I don't know if it's higher or lower. I haven't ranked those high movies before. I just say, hey, they're in my top ten. Listen, man. You're not... So, yeah, you're... 9.5 for me. Uh, Ethan, what did you rate it again? Here, let Ben go, and I'll uh, right. say my... I was hey, you don't have to change it. I was just going to I was going to say, considering change. If that. you're letting my review of another movie affect your score for this movie, I don't know, man. I, I don't... That doesn't sit right with me, man. You I mean, this is what you thought of that movie, and That's this is what you thought of this cap movie. somewhere. But ten is the best movie of all time. For me. I don't get. Well, I was going to say, Mike. I don't think you. I don't think that set crazy to rate it nine, nine and a half. Mm. It's not where I'd put it. But for someone who grew up with this movie and who really likes this movie, it, it doesn't have a lot of flaws. Mm. But for me, though, MJ is what really takes points away from this movie. When I'm watching her, especially as the movie goes along, her scenes don't sit right with me, and that's what knocks off a few points. But other than, well, I I shouldn't say that, but it knocks a point or two off of it. Mm. So for me, it's that is my one critique. Everything else is minor, and it's by and large a really, really good superhero movie. The advice, like I said, I really came away with a lot of great advice from. Uh, MJ's friend from Aunt May from Dr. Otto Octavius that was really good practical advice just for me it really spoke to me and Peter Parker's story of how relatable he is in this movie is absolutely fantastic great hero great villain great side characters all of them are really good Harry um, Harry and J. Jonah Jameson Aunt May they're all there and they all serve to really propel this plot and make it as tight and really perfect as it is. And I think it's even better if you watch the extended cut because you get a lot of really good scenes, comedic and also really good advice. You know? Yeah, I, so, I didn't see the, the the friend scene with MJ yeah. when they're shopping, and I wish I saw that again. I thought it was kind of tacked on, and then I watched it, and it was great. So all of this, all of this is to say that this is a really good superhero movie. And for me... Spider-Man 2 gets an 8.5. I really, really had a good time with this movie. For my third time watching it, a lot of my complaints for the first one were wrapped up. And I gave the first one an 8. Yeah. So this one is... Well, you also gave the Punisher an 8. 
<laughs> because I really listen, man. I've watched a few video essays on YouTube. I am not alone in my love. He, he for watched that, that one that we listened to. That was like, <laughs> oh man, the Russian scene is the best the fight best, scene in best all movie I've ever seen. I have I have come across that, and it legitimately like people love that sequence. Oh, I didn't man. personally oh, like so it, good. and I love the movie. So. We're not that withstanding. Spider-Man is a, an 8.5 for me, a 9.5 for Micah. And for Ethan, you said you maybe wanted to change yeah, it. Yeah, I'm reconfiguring my score because just, just sitting there, that, this is what this time's for. We're Absolutely. allowed to change our score until That's the podcast right. is over. Well, while Ethan's thinking, make sure you watch our uh, The Punisher podcast from last week to hear more about the awful or as Ben says the best the brilliant all, Punisher the brilliant the Punisher film I am listen I'm not alone I want to say this right now if if anyone listening to this podcast whether it be recent or many years into the future if you like this movie please YouTube comment message me on our Gmail account. I want to talk to you, man, because no one watches this movie now. I want to know and talk to someone who likes this movie because they're out there. I know it. Yeah, I've know. heard from you. Yeah, the numbers, I want to know. The numbers don't lie here, man. It was, it was a bit, bit so, rough in the box. But yeah. yes, Ethan, right. what, what do you have so to I say? I you... wanted, wanted to go eight before mm -hmm. we got in this room and we talked about it. Went up to 8.4, but then sitting here thinking about it even more. Uh, really, MJ is the only bad thing about this film. She is a super integral part of this film, though. Yep, uh, she that's true. Affects the plot so much and affects my favorite character of the film, Spider-Man. She's the love interest, and we all said. I think that's why. It we all said Ursula was better for mm. Spider-Man than MJ. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna set it in stone. An eight point seven is where I'm going. Eight point seven. That brings our number up to. 8.9 out of 10. 8.9. So they get a full point higher than Spider-Man. Not correct. quite a 9, though. Not quite Not a 9. Not quite a 9. You round up, it's a 9. It yeah, practically yeah. is a 9, but it's an 8.9. So that is what your score is for Spider-Man 2. Guys, this has been very epic. That takes the number one spot. Oh, absolutely it does. With with By a landslide, by a full point. And I don't know if we're going to see... A contender for that movie for a while, man. Because Spider-Man 2, it's without... I mean, it, it tops the charts. We got, we got Ghost Rider coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know what? Maybe? Uh, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, which of the early uh, MCU the movies is are even out. close? The Avengers? Uh, I, I, uh, I have a really soft spot for Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm -hmm. I like, I really That one like is that really movie. good. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's for a while, so... But this has been Spider-Man 2, gentlemen. What's up next for us? So, next up is Blade Trinity, guys. So, oh. we get to finish our journey with Wesley Snipes' Blade and really just see how they end this trilogy because this is the first trilogy we get to see capped off. Mm -hmm. And so far how it's looking is all these trilogies have peaked in this, their second movie. Mm -hmm. That's true. So we're going to get to watch Blade finish her trilogy, Spider-Man finish her trilogy. We already know it doesn't top Spider-Man 2. And then X-Men finish her trilogy. So it's yep. going to really get to see, really going to be fun to see this first uh, slate topped off. But Blade, Blade Trinity, I'll uh, read the synopsis for Blade. Now a wanted man by the FBI must join forces with the Night Stalkers to face his most challenging enemy yet, Dracula. What? Oh, wow, no Dracula's way. the yeah. villain? And uh, this uh, 
I, w- I won't say who it stars, just just to avoid a yeah, I, I don't want to surprise. Yep. But this is available to watch on Netflix. So is it really yes. okay? I, well, I'm, I'm looking got forward some, uh, to that, guys. I'm yeah, really looking forward to that. The scores for Blade Trinity aren't the aren't the most positive. So can you go over the scores for Spider Man Two, please? Spider Man Two, yeah. Metacritic, we got an 83. Rotten Tomatoes critic, we got a 93. Mm. Audience, 92. IMDb, 7.4. 7.4, which is strange for IMDb, but yeah, not... And our score was, what was it, a 9.5? 8.9. 8.9, okay. For our, the full the full deal, yeah. And then that brings the average for everybody, 86.2. 86.2. So yeah, we're pretty close to the audience score and the critic score for Rotten Tomatoes. So that's not bad, guys. I'm well, okay. I'm really looking forward to that blade, though, because yeah. I've been a fan of these. It first might be two. a while, though, because we've got what's coming up next. Yeah. Ben? Okay. So this is big stuff, guys. So close. So close. You can say that now because you watched it, man. Uh, Kenobi. Kenobi. I feel like I feel like Hawkeye right before No Way Home. We're recording this right before Kenobi, guys. Tomorrow is the big day. Well, at least for me, tomorrow is the big day. I'm staying up till 2 a.m. tomorrow night to watch Kenobi. I've got a four-hour Revenge of the Sith cut mixed in with Clone Wars and Bad Batch that we're going to watch before it starts. It's going to be a big, big night. I've got my Kenobi cosplay. Is it just you by yourself? You're just going to watch? No, no. Listen, man, even if it was, I'm not going to lie. I almost prefer to watch things by myself to have a more critical eye. Yeah. But I will be with um, Mason Wolfield, James, uh, Ethan, and uh, Tommy. and The we'll, big shout-outs. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shout not out to not this guys. Ethan, by the no, way. No, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clarify that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We weren't cool yeah. enough to be in his... Yeah, I'm going I don't have a cosplay. I don't have a $500 yeah, lightsaber, no, so I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, no one's got a $500 lightsaber. I'm the only one I know. But... Look forward to that one. It'll be on Friday. Uh, We might have to switch it due to some scheduling conflicts, but look forward to that at some point this weekend. And look forward to Nick Widener's coming on. He's going to be our first guest for the Kenobi podcast. We're going to have a series of guests, but rest assured that for the most part, you will have the core. Ben Rayside, Ethan Wentzloff, and Micah Head on there. We're going to try and bring in some guests because we know that a lot of people are going to have a lot of things to say about this Highly anticipated show, man. I am so much looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you don't want to watch things critically when, uh, or you don't want to watch with people when you're trying to watch things critically. But yeah. this, no part of me wants to critique this show. I'm I'm on it for the ride. Yep. This, if Disney knows what they're doing, this will be a full blast. The whole We're just going to be doing Agreed. breakdowns, man. Yep. Then we're going to be like, oh yeah, this is, this is awesome. And yep. I, I can't wait. Uh, but we may have to wait for Blade Trinity because after Kenobi, we got Miss Marvel, and our, our schedule will be pretty packed until Love of Thunder. So, uh, nice. yeah, new trailer for that looked absolutely. Gore the God Butcher looks so good. Not comic accurate, but still seems pretty Christian close. Bale. But still terrifying. Yes, absolutely. Christian well, which Bale which back. character really is comic book accurate in their first appearance, though? Really? So, well. I don't know. Even Thor was kind of different. Captain America. I mean, legit give him the 1940s suit in the first movie. That was pretty good, man. But anyway, look at me. Angley's Hulk. He got the purple pants. That's, got the purple pants. That's a good point. Come on. That's a good point. But 
Anyway, guys, you. look forward to all of those coming up. We've got a busy schedule coming up, guys. We don't plan to stop anytime. Star Wars soon. celebration this weekend. We'll get some more yeah. release dates. We'll be packed for the rest of the year, baby. I, yes, I would like to do a wrap-up for that because a lot of big things are happening. Bad Batch Season 2 panel. There is a director's panel for everything coming up. There's a Mando panel. Look forward to a lot of Star Wars trailers. Ahsoka release date, possibly. Possibly, Andor release date for sure, and I wouldn't be surprised if they give us a trailer for Andor as well, mm. which is looking to be a really big show with three-plus seasons, man. So that's going to be... Look forward to all of that. we got a lot going forward. So oh, yeah. And then, and then yeah. after Love and Thunder and Miss Marvel, be sure to look forward to DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> That is our next DC release since the Batman. So uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta schedule, boys. Hack schedule. Multiverse monologues <laughs> is not slowing down anytime soon. Hop on the hype train, boys. Yep. For Spider-Man Two, that does it. I am Ben Rayside. I'm Ethan. I'm Micah. And we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. <laughs>